following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. What's the just dash thirty dash? <laughs> no, that's that's when you leave, not when you're back. I'm not sure what it is when you come. Well, that's back. the end of the press. That's the end of, that was the end of the press release when Mike when Michael came back, right? Was it? I I, he, I don't know. The entirety of the press release was I'm back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> one. Um, you know, Justin probably should have brought you in to um to Eminem, but um, I guess he's back. Yeah, we don't want to get kicked off the internet for using yeah. <laughs> for using real music, music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah oh man well how's it been how are things I, I guess the question is how are things at your house i mean hectic <laughs> i mean that's the facts we might as well just go ahead and show everybody chandler look at there old chandler you know young chandler it's funny (laughs) because the first the first day i was just like i kept looking at her and i she had all this dark black hair it felt like and (laughs) and she was kind of red tinted for whatever reason you know just and and for two days i just you know i was looking at her and you can see how she's kind of you know She's kind of got this this dark tint to her. And so the entire time, <laughs> all I could think about is, why does my kid look like Edward Geron? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I swear. Well, well let, let's, let's just hope that she doesn't enunciate like him. <laughs> so <laughs> that is all I could think about, man. It was crazy. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I am glad to be back and 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 right now yeah obviously it's it's a crazy time got the, the family's got a lot going on you know with having two kids and having to feed one while the other one has <laughs> to kind of entertain herself it's uh, <laughs> it's not always the best but we're here I'm happy to be back happy to talk a little sports it's been i had all these i kept seeing all these things like pop up and i was like oh we should talk about that or, oh we should talk about this and then i keep forgetting what those things are so that's not good. we'll just well, well i didn't write them down and that's my biggest well, problem that's gotta, not good you gotta start writing stuff down yeah uh, yeah because we you, you we always kind of think well i won't forget that oh ah, yeah never yeah. forget that yeah. <laughs> and, yeah and yeah here we are yeah okay oh man well we've got a great show Jamie Holland's going to join us. He is a Nashville attorney, and we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with uh, the big announcement this morning that Nashville Metro Nashville Public Schools are getting a a five million dollar grant from or gift from the Titans. Uh, the city is going to match that five million, and they're going to try to raise five million additional in private funds for a total of fifteen million dollars to allow each Metro Nashville Public School to uh, get a an updated 
athletic facility. I wonder if that includes the new James Lawson. I would guess that the new James Lawson won't need updating. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. It's like, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Kind of caught a break there, I guess. (laughs) So, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk. Don't call it an update. Yeah. (laughs) I don't guess they'll need much, but, um, but yeah, so we'll talk to Jamie about that and, and get his thoughts on what's going on with uh, I know I'm pretty sure he's a big, big East Nashville fan so mm-hmm. uh we'll talk to him about the Eagles as well. Uh typically we would have Heather Williams today. We are still efforting we, to see we, if, we 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 do have Heather Williams. We do today. have Heather. Awesome. So she'll join us at 3 uh 3 o'clock. That's going to be exciting. Glad to glad to hear she is uh she's going to keep keep joining us through this NASCAR offseason because again, there's a ton we can talk about with her. She's got she's got the entire eastern side of the state covered um like the dew as they as they say. say. Yes. <laughs> and so much more. Titans update, uh, college football playoff rankings. We'll talk about all of that. Yeah. It's a uh, it's a lot. Hey, we got the Titans tomorrow, and we got a lot of high school stuff. So I'm guessing that we should probably talk a little Titans Packers today. Get you set up. So plenty to get to. In fact, we've got a pretty uh, lengthy rundown as well because high school basketball season got underway last night. Mm-hmm. So let's get into it and talk a little. Results and schedules on today's rundown. Here's the rundown. In girls basketball action from last night, Westmoreland defeated Beach 50-47. It was Blackman down in Cookville 63-37. Lebanon with a 74-31 win over Cane Ridge. Clarksville Academy edged Clarksville Northwest 59-58. Cornersville with a 59-39 win over Cullioka. Clarksville defeated Dixon County 65-56. Stewart, Stewart's Creek, excuse me, with a 54-33 win over Franklin County. Friendship Christian 40, Franklin Road Academy 38. Greenbrier 50, Harper 42. Green Hill defeated Franklin 55-44. Cascade with a 55-54 win at Hampshire. Lawrence County 55, Hardin County 25. Harpeth Hall with a 66-57 win over Davidson Academy and Columbia Academy down Hillwood, 55-26. John Overton was a 72-12 win over Glencliff. It was Knowledge Academy 69, McGavick 53, Forest down Liberty Creek in their first action, 52-35. It was Eagleville 63-26 over Mount Pleasant. Ezo Harding 71-12 over Nashville Central Christian. It was Portland 55, Trousdale County 37, Providence Christian 55-38 winners over Brentwood Academy. Columbia fell to Rossview 53-40, while Siegel took down Laverne 48-27. Marshall County 39-34 over Smyrna, while Springfield was a 67-63 winner over Sycamore. Summit down Hickman County 75-40, while Upperman got the best of Oakland 44-39. Spring Hill, big win for the Lady Raiders 47-36 over Watertown. It was Wayne County 89, Zion Christian 11, and Z- Station Camp 51. Wilson Central 36. In boys' basketball action, Lebanon with Tulsa commit Jared Hall defeated Kane Ridge without Alabama freshman Brandon Miller. It was the Blue Devils 86, Kane Ridge 69. 
Corners were with a 54-43 win at Cullioca. Portland defeated East Robertson 66-50. Franklin Road Academy over Friendship Christian 59-56. Christ Presbyterian Academy downed Grace Christian of Franklin 62-58. Franklin, the Admirals, went on the road and got the 66-59 win at Green Hill. Cascade with an 88-28 win over Hampshire. Lawrence County defeated Hardin County 67-42. Columbia Academy 58, Hillwood 40. It was Overton 73, Glencliff 57. Knowledge Academies with a 69-53 win over McGavick. Liberty Creek right out of the box with a 49-38 win over Forest. East Nashville 74, Martin Luther King 48. And Eagleville with a 79-58 win at Mount Pleasant. Ezell Harding down Nashville Central Christian, 58-43. It was Brentwood Academy, 84. Providence Christian, 49. Rossview, 78-63 over Columbia Central. Fairview, 71-47 for Santa Fe. It was Marshall County, 64. Smyrna, 61. Summit over Hickman County, 72-44. Antioch down University of School in Nashville, 54-47. Whites Creek, 50. Watertown, 43. Wayne County, 55. Zion Christian, 42. Murfreesboro Central Magnet, an 83-60 winner over White House. And Wilson Central, 55. Station Camp, 45. In NHL action last night, the Predators with a 2-1 win over Minnesota as they return to Bridgestone Arena. Um, NBA action, the Pelicans 113, visiting Memphis 102. And in yesterday's matinee, Vanderbilt's women defeated Tarleton State 84-48. Men's basketball action yesterday, it was Middle Tennessee State with an 81-46 Conference USA victory over Rice. Vanderbilt on the road picks up a victory 89-87 in overtime against Temple, and Shorter knocks off Trebekah 73-64. Today's action around uh, high school basketball. Spring Hill, now Mo, you've got this as girls. I've got it as a doubleheader. Um, I am looking at a Spring Hill paper schedule. It says Centennial Hall of Fame away, parentheses, GB. Girls basketball. Okay, so not girls, boys. No. <laughs> gotcha. All right, so Spring Hill girls at Centennial. That's a 6 o'clock start. And mm-hmm. Montgomery Central at Republic, 6 o'clock start. I've also got that one as a doubleheader as well, so. I'm sure it is. <laughs> There you go. Uh, Men's basketball action tonight. Florida Gulf Coast is at Tennessee. That's a 6 o'clock tip on ESPN+. And LeMoyne Owen is at Fisk at 7 o'clock if you want to go check out the Bulldogs. Women's basketball, uh, LeMoyne Owen at Fisk. That is a 5 o'clock start for the ladies with the men to follow. Alabama Huntsville and Richland product Jesse Jennings will be at Mm -hmm. Trevecca tonight. And, and if you are wanting to go see Jesse Jennings play, this will probably be a farther drive. <laughs> it might be, especially if you're in Richland. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But it is a 5.30 tip tonight at Trevecca and Belmont at Middle Tennessee State, 6 o'clock on ESPN+. And that's going to do it for today's rundown. All right. Ah, well, this is when I'm most glad you're back. <laughs> Top story. No, to, no. Oh, what's what that? Just did that. Oh, the rundown. so you don't, yeah, you don't have to read it all. Exactly. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, today's top story real quick. Michael Harris, the second 
tops Spencer Strider to win the National League Rookie of the Year, and Buck Showalter was named Manager of the Year for the fourth time with his fourth different franchise. That's pretty interesting. Um, but what's most interesting about Michael Harris, the second winning r- Rookie of the Year, is that one BBWA writer did mm. not have Spencer Strider in his top three. BBWAA writer. Sorry. Yes. Baseball Writers Association of America. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, it's Michael Harris, the second and Spencer Strider received every first or second place vote except one. And that one person did not vote for Strider, not only in the top two, but didn't vote for him in the top three. I think, I think he had, um, who was it? Some kid from Miami, maybe. who knows whatever no because i I threw the question out there on twitter who got the other second place vote and grant mccauley from the um atlanta braves radio network responded and unfortunately i don't remember what the response was but um whomever it was was wrong oh without (laughs) question yeah because like you said he didn't i don't i don't even think he had um Strider in his top five, maybe. That's so, insane, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what that person was watching, to be honest. So, yeah, <sighs> well, but I mean, it it was clear that those two rookies were the top two rookies in the National League. You know, this year, yeah. Clear to everyone except one guy. Except one guy, yeah. Who? I don't know. Um, Listen, I you're not you're not going to find anybody <laughs> who's going to be uh, who who's going to be less. I guess who's going to care less than yeah, Spencer Strider, because the fact is that you know they really they split all the awards. He got Sporting News. He got one other. Uh, Michael won. I guess the official baseball the baseball writers, writers yeah award but you know the fact that those two can basically say they were co-rookie of the years that's that's pretty special yeah and alexis diaz okay got that second place vote okay i mean well, he was alexis solid, diaz but, of the reds yeah he's solid and, but not not elite well huh solid but not elite that was the only vote that he received guess we know where that vote came from Mm, hello (laughs) my guess is that they have a cincinnati mailing address perhaps (laughs) at least if if not louisville (laughs) or or you know maybe florence right across the river something like that yeah that's ridiculous anyway all right. Well, that's your top story. Congrats to Michael Harris. Buck Walter. you know, I didn't think any of those three guys really deserved to be manager of the year. You know, but- I, as, as someone mentioned earlier this morning, again, on Twitter, you know, probably Bob Melvin from San Diego and Rob Thompson from Philadelphia, particularly the latter, probably should have been your National League manager of the year. Probably. I mean, Thompson comes in on an interim basis after Joe Girardi is dismissed because they were so bad Mm -hmm. and all they did was make it to the world series. Now votes 
or end at the end of the regular at the season. end of the regular season. But it doesn't matter. It, to, to me, the fact that they did what they did to get uh, into the playoffs, right, right, was enough for me. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Who are we and what do we know, Mo? Not a thing. Yeah, let's. We've got Jamie Holland waiting, standing by. He we're, he's going to join us here in just a moment and talk a little bit about some high school football and Metro Nashville uh, athletic facility upgrades and maybe some other things. We'll get to it here in just a few moments here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be right back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990. Or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931 388 8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931 388 5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931 388 5731 and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student athletes in your community? Obviously, Obviously. yes, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Tennessee. Because with no high school school officials, officials, there are no high school sports. sports. Sign up today today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yow, Mo Patton, coming to you live on this wild and wacky Wednesday. It's a, it's always wild and wacky on Wednesdays. We give you the weirdest and wildest news from across the world in the final segment. So stick around for that. Trust me, you're gonna wanna. <laughs> it's, it's been a, uh, it's, it's been a crazy week, crazy week. But right now, we are going to go to our guest, Nashville Attorney Jamie Holland joins us now. Jamie, what's going on? How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you for joining us, Jamie. We wanted to try to get you on in light of the um, news of the day in and around Metro Nashville, as um, our our followers can find on MainStreetPreps.com. The headline, breaking Nashville, Metro Nashville Public Schools 
football fields to be resurfaced for, with artificial turf expanded for soccer. There's a piece up by Tyler Palmatier of Main Street Preps. Um, it was announced, as Chris said earlier, that the Tennessee Titans will be donating $5 million, um, a number that will be matched out of Nashville Mayor John Cooper's office. And Jamie, it says here, Fans nonprofit manager Jamie Holland will raise five million himself privately to um secure these um artificial turf fields across Metro Nashville Public Schools football facilities. Um that's that's a that's a pretty big number for, for one guy to be responsible for. That's um pretty ambitious. How's that coming? <laughs> well, if you say it real fast, it doesn't sound like a lot. So five million dollars. Five million dollars. That's a lot. Don't don't draw it out, huh? It's not nearly as much. But no, you know, I've got a board with seven members, including me, so I'm not gonna do it all myself. And you know, the the hard part was getting to here, getting to launch position. The harder part is going to rate going to be the prospects of raising the money. Yeah. Uh, hopefully my goal is to have it done within three years and all 15 fields are done within that three-year time frame 15. so five a year five a year okay. over three years okay so um so you will how soon do y'all expect to begin the process of getting the the fields resurfaced and has there been some sort of a pecking order established for that i guess I'll answer those in reverse order, pecking order. No, that is, a, you know, that is going to require, that would require some controversy that I, I'm not willing to, to get into, but, <laughs> you know, because everybody's ready now, mm -hmm. but, you know, but hopefully in the spring, they will start on some of them and then complete those by the time football starts. Because okay. part part of the process, they have to build a track or a bridge over the track so as not to damage the track. So when that school, if on any one field getting done, they would have to relocate their track mm. uh, sport somewhere else. During, but spring and summer is when the work is done. Okay. This All time right. of year is not suitable for that. All right. Now, there's an asterisk there, I guess. You, you said 15 fields. I counted... 12 at the high school level um did not include lawson what is the situation there tell me please tell me they're gonna just install artificial turf there to start that that's above my grade of participation mo <laughs> i appreciate the question but that's outside my purview but i i hear you on james lawson high school uh you yeah, know we'll see I don't know. I can't make any promises. So that's <laughs> well, and that's the so that wasn't the plan then. What getting Lawson to turf now? Yeah, are, are they just using Hillwood's field? Like, what's the deal there? Well, well they I don't come that, online till next year. That new campus will open up for August 2023, and I know it's in some stage of construction. Hill, the existing Hillwood field 
might be one of the possibilities. But there's a few more irons in the fire that ha haven't come to light just yet, not yet ready for the launch today. But there's a few more things to come to help the effort out in a big way. Gotcha. Um, Jamie, how how involved will the fans be with the actual implementation of this, I guess, because there are some questions that, you know, may or may not be in your purview. Like, you know, is one organization going to be responsible for inst installing all of these? Is there some kind of a discount for, for installing in bulk? I mean, how does, how does that work? Well, it's a massive undertaking, but it's also not something that's new. I'm smart enough to know that don't go recreating the wheel, copy some other person's work. Mm -hmm. And the model, if you will, is what was done in Knox County in 2013 by the Pilot Foundation and the Haslam family for the Knox County schools up there. That's kind of the model we're following. Mm -hmm. What's different about ours is we're going to require multiple donors. And in Knox County, they had one donor. Makes sense. But um, ho hopefully somebody's watching this show can write a million dollar, two million dollar, three million dollar, four million dollar check. I, I would like for it to be one. Um, It'd be a lot Jamie, easier, wouldn't it? Jamie, if somebody watching this show does that, please let us know. <laughs> I will report back. Because we need to talk to them as well. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, How many fields did they do in Knox County? Do you know? 13. 13. So they did 13. So y'all are over, doing 15. They did it over three years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. Also, I don't know if you're in touch with um, Williamson County at all, but they just finalized getting all of theirs done with um, Summit and Independence this past summer. So, um, I mean, I'm happy to be in touch with anybody. You know, five dollars a month, ten dollars a month, hundred, hundred thousand. You know, there's no no person I'm not going to be touching over the course of the next three years, from small dinners to private dinners come to your home what have you that you know when you, when you talk about fundraising what are some of the things that you guys are planning you have any ideas right now as to how you know what what those plans look like not not in any granular detail you know i've spent a lot of time getting to here and i know that seems like <laughs> sure. hey you know, that's not a big deal, but it, it was a long time getting all these chess pieces on the board and, you know, couldn't be more thankful for the Titans and their participation in, in the mayor's office as well. Yeah. I mean, you don't just walk in the door and walk out of, you know, the Titans front office or John Cooper's office with $5 million checks. So, um, Obviously, no. it, it, it's been a long time coming, and um, I guess this is what your your second year, basically, with the fans. Second year, but you know, Mark North had it before, and he's now the athletic director for high school, so he's he's not involved in the fan side of it, but mm -hmm. definitely involved from his position as athletic director. You know, the the most expensive text message I ever sent in my life was a text message to Mark North after it was announced that he was the high school athletic director because we had breakfast soon thereafter. Then he asked me to take this over and 
you know, care, no good deed goes unpunished in case y'all forgot. <laughs> uh, thank, thanks for the reminder. Um, I, I get one probably twice a week or so. So yeah, but, um, yeah, be, and, and be careful what you wish for too, right? Yeah, correct. And I have my, I have a very limited skill set, but this happens to be in the arena where I have some skills. And so hopefully <laughs> start talking to more people and start raising the money to see it through its end. But this is also just the beginning. I mean, there, there's more steps along the way, more facilities improvements that are needed because I, I think playing sports just makes you a better human. Now, I'm watching the Today Show excerpt, and obviously, you know, they kind of focused on East Nashville and what's going on over there. And obviously, if if you're looking at us and you're watching this, you can see the East Crest over there on the to to your left, uh, I guess to your right, <laughs> Jamie, to our left. You can see that and uh, the the ball cap there. So you you obviously have a special connection with East Nashville. How, how much of an impact, you know, did that program and, and you know, the letter that the young man sent to John Cooper, how much of an impact did that have on getting this going? Well, I, I became involved because the football coach, Jamal Stewart, he used to umpire my kids when they were five years old playing T-ball, beginning baseball down at Shelby Park in East Nashville. And so anywhere he is, I, I want to support him and whatever's going on. And last year, you know, talked to him about, hey, what, what are you feeding your what are you feeding your guys on Friday night for the game, Friday afternoon for the game? And he told me, and I said, well, let's change that. So got some <laughs> folks in the neighborhood restaurants to donate food and labor and time, started feeding them on Friday nights. And then, you know, next thing you know, they're in the state championship game and fans raise the money to send them in a, put them in a hotel, feed them while they're down there because their game's at 11 o'clock on a Saturday. And the other option was, well, leave sometime Saturday morning to go play it on the Eastern time zone and return again the same day. So we decided that wasn't good enough for them considering their accomplishments and what all they'd go through. You know, they practice on the same field they play on by the time that, semi or the semifinal game against Dyersburg. I mean, the field was a mud pit. I'll put tweets out there sometimes like, oh, surface made a tackle right there. You know, not being funny, but being real. Like that kid would have kept moving, got more yards and helped the team, but for the surface. And last year I went to a private school game and saw the environment and the conditions of the field. And it just put a fire in my belly that, hey, we can do this too. We just got to get some focus on what's important. And I think over the last 13 months that's happened culminating in the announcement today. Congratulations for if nothing Thank else, congratulations. You. I know that it had to be a, a massive undertaking. So well done. Yeah. Thank you very much. Jamie Holland of the fans um, nonprofit organization out of, you know, working with Metro Nashville Public Schools, joining us here on Main Street Sports today. Obviously, huge announcement today that the Tennessee Titans and Mayor John Cooper's office will be putting $10 million over the next, what, five years? Is that the plan? The Titans are going to donate a million dollars a year? They're, they're going to do a million for five years, but I'm hoping we're going to be done with this in three, and then that other two million can 
go, go to, towards something spread else. A, spread about the other things, but, you know, oh, yeah. weight room, something of that nature. And you know, I don't want it to be lost that this is also this is not a football specific endeavor. You know, the fields, the Metro National Public Schools fields are what I call TWSAA substandard. In other words, they don't have the proper dimensions to play a regulation football or soccer game. Sorry. And so they're going to be widened and striped and lined for both sports. So that's going to capture, you know, not only girls flag football in the spring, but also girls, girls soccer in the fall, boys soccer in the spring. That's, that's huge. I'd forgotten about girls, girls flag football. I mean, that that's going to be a, okay. a, a massive deal for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Jamie Holland, you can follow him on Twitter at JR Holland and, uh, you know, don't let me out of here without telling you this. Please go to wearethefans.org. Wearethefans.org to donate or text home field, one word, home field to 615-488-4670. 615-488-4670. Five million dollars, say it real fast, but uh, <laughs> say, we still say, gotta do it. We'll say it real exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But uh, it doesn't matter how fast you say it, you still got to raise it. And that's, that, that's how you can do it. So if you want to help raise some, some money uh, to go toward this, uh, the, these projects and it's absolutely a, a, a worthwhile endeavor, uh, make sure to do that. We appreciate your time, Jamie. And thanks for, uh, thanks for all the hard work on this. It's huge. I appreciate it very much. Thank you, Mo. Hope to see you this summer. Sounds, <laughs> man, uh, I hope you see me in a little bit better um, condition than you saw me in that Saturday. It was, it was hot, <laughs> especially behind that plate, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll catch up, man. Thank you All again. Right. Thank you very much. Appreciate y'all. All right. We'll take a short break here. When we come back, we will hop on to some other topics like the college football rankings came out last night in the middle of a basketball game. <laughs> and uh, so we'll, we'll react to those. And we got Heather Williams coming up in wild and wacky news, all of that and more right after this on main street sports today. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome Teresa Walker. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, R.A. Dickey. R.A., did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. Ryan McGee. <laughs> <laughs> other guy Wham married the best looking girl Bananarama, so other guy Wham had pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint Mo. Well, the college football playoff rankings are out again. And once again, 
Tennessee sits at number five behind TCU, Ohio State, Michigan, and Georgia. This is an interesting ranking, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on some of these. But, uh, you know, when you when you look at when you look at outside the top 10, and I think it, I still think that that matters because it shows wh- what the committee thinks of certain conferences, right? You look at Oklahoma State at 22 after them just getting embarrassed twice. That, to me, feels like a manipulation of this poll. <laughs> I, I think that you are going to see or you have seen or you will see some manipulation of this poll. And I I see what you're saying there to try to continue to justify TCU's high ranking. Is, is that the point that you're getting at with that? Look, I, I don't, again, I said this last week. I don't have a problem with TCU being four. I have a problem with them having been seventh and then jumping to four. That was was the problem I had, but, but now I think, I think now that they kind of set that standard in, in the first rankings of TCU being seventh, despite being, you know, undefeated and sitting behind Alabama and all of that, you know, I I think they're kind of having to make up for, and Oklahoma state has literally been shut out in the last three weeks. And I, Maybe the Big 12 is better than we think, but I don't think so. Did you watch that TCU-Texas game? I've asked that question probably 10 times in the last four days. I watched the second half. I tried to watch the first half, but I was watching Auburn. Um, And it was – I mean, it, it wasn't a great football game, but we – we it wasn't TCU's. a great it wasn't a great football game. TCU is not a great team. They're not. They haven't controlled any game that they've been in. They've they've the, played and the only the reason thing. they won that game is because of Texas' ineptitude on offense. <laughs> exactly. And you know, if I'm fine with you know, if they if they're undefeated, they win the Big 12. Shoot. It it it's it, it's not, real hard. It's real I'm not hard. necessarily fine with it, but I understand it. If, sure. If TCU runs the table, they remain undefeated through the Big 12 championship game. I mean, I get it. I don't think they're great, but they beat everybody they played in, in a... And that matters. It, it matters that you beat everybody on your schedule no matter how good those people were. What a lot of people don't take into consideration is that TCU has, has beaten three different teams this year with their backup quarterback. Three of their wins have come against teams with their backup quarterback, Kansas State, Kansas, and Oklahoma State. I... Now that I don't I don't know how much you can blame TCU for that. Right, but if you're telling me and the K Ford rankings do tell me that t- that TCU has the the best strength of record in the country. Huh? That only a only 2% of the average top 25 teams according to 
the K Ford rankings would be undefeated against TCU schedule. And to me, I think that's ridiculous. Only 2%. Uh, more than 2% of the SEC East would be undefeated. I, I mean, the entire SEC West <laughs> outside of Texas A&M would probably be undefeated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um, I have a hard time believing that. Two percent of what? Of who? Of Division One football? Of average of... top twenty-five teams. It's basically if you're in the top twenty-five, you would have a two percent chance of going undefeated against that schedule, and that's ridiculous. I, that's just not possible. The reason is because that the the, the what is 2% computers of the top twenty-five. Well, the computers, Mo. Not just, and it's not just those rankings. Uh, Josh Pate, who's on CBS, uh, every computer model that's out there mm -hmm. says that Texas is a top 10 team. Every computer model out there. Based on what? Uh, based on the computer, on the numbers, right? And see, that's why, as Justin and I discussed earlier this week, I think that's the importance of the CFP committee because you can sit and you can talk and you can say, what is it you like about this team? Cause I think they suck, you know, and, and try to get a better understanding as opposed to, well, that's what the computer says. Yes. But the problem is that it appears the individuals are succumbing to the pressure of what the computers say. I don't know that they are though. And again, if TCU goes undefeated, they're going to be in the top four. And I guess I'm okay with that. Ohio State, Michigan is going to work itself out. See, Tennessee, as long as they do what they're supposed to do, they're going to be in there. The, uh, I think LSU, obviously, I think the break point is between se uh, seven and eight. Yeah. I mean, USC, and I've been saying this for three weeks, could absolutely play their way in. Yeah, yeah, and they could play their way in potentially at Tennessee's expense. Here's the thing, and that, and I again, I've said, I've said for three weeks that two two reasons. One, USC, the back end of their schedule has is not easy because they've got UCLA, who's shown itself to be decent. They've got Oregon, that's decent, and they got Notre Dame. But, and, but, 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 but UCLA and Oregon each have horrendous losses here over the last little bit. UCLA losing to Arizona this past weekend did something. I don't know about no horrendous. Good. Washington's ranked 17th, man. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call that horrendous. They were a top oh, 25 team. Okay. It's not well, a good loss, but it's not a, it's not bad. I mean, it's not Georgia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. But yes, I understand what you're, I understand your point, I, mm -hmm. but I'm just saying they're still top 25 teams. They're not top 10 teams like Tennessee has beaten. Don't get me wrong, but helmet bias is what's going to matter. That's what I've been saying from the, from the get go, the back end of their schedule. Notre Dame has lost to Stanford and Marshall and but, Marshall, but I will say that Notre Dame has been far better over the last three weeks than they, than I ever thought they could be this year. Okay. I don't think that Ohio State should get as much credit for beating Notre Dame as USC does. 
if USC were to beat Notre Dame, but I do think USC should get some credit because, again, Notre Dame over the last few weeks, they've improved. They've shown themselves to be a decent football team. But that's well, and, the problem, and, and, that they're going to be part a Pac-12 champion. Part of the Notre Dame situation is they've been playing under a first-year head coach. They have. And, and, and it takes time to acclimate to that, even though he was there ahead of time. That's that's kind of my point. Is, I mean, Notre Dame beat Clemson. That's still a pretty good win. I'm not saying it's, you know, I'm not saying it's Alabama or LSU or anybody. I'm just saying it's a decent win. It's a, it's a good win. Mm-hmm. And USC beating Notre Dame would be a good win. Winning out their only loss being a one point loss on the road to Utah. Who's a top 10 team. It's kind of hard to keep them out if they're a Pac-12 champion at 12 and one. It's hard to keep them out if they're a Pac-12 champion, but the Pac-12's history in the college football playoff also deserves Dude, to be considered. The Big 12's history. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> I mean, but there's a. I think there's a difference in Southern Cal playing their way in potentially, and TCU maintaining their spot if they go undefeated. As soon as TSU, it, as soon as TCU loses, they're out. And and they're they may not be top ten. I mean they 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 would legitimately dive. They would be tenth if they stayed in the top ten. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: they're not going to lose until they play Kansas State in the in the Big Twelve championship game. They finished with Iowa State and Baylor, right? Iowa State and Baylor, and then Kansas State is right now number two in the Big 12. I don't think they run the table. I don't know who they lose to. I just don't think they're good enough. I don't either. They don't control football games good enough. Anyway. here's, Here's your X factor before we get out of this. Again. You don't think LSU is going to beat Georgia and Atlanta? But if they do. But if they do, that's 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 what the committee does not want. It's it is it is the worst case scenario. Because you've got Georgia, LSU, and Tennessee sitting there and they've all three beaten each other. It's 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 absolutely worst case scenario. Yeah. <clears throat> And, now, and it, who 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 do you not take and why? <laughs> it would be here's the thing. The committee would have cover no matter what they did as long as Georgia got in. I think Georgia getting in is almost an inevitable. Mm-hmm. And then you can put Tennessee in and say, well, you know, they just beat the SEC. They beat the SEC champion like a drum on the road. Mm. So and, that's and, covered. And, and, and you're going to leave the SEC champion out. Because of that one additional loss. Man. The Florida State loss in week one. Oh. I keep weird. forgetting about that game. <laughs> That's it, where the rub that's is. That's what LSU would love for you to do, I guess. <laughs> yes, I mean that. That's that. That's the rub is that they've got two losses. They'd be a two-loss champion, but they're a champion. 
but they're champions. So you're saying, so I mean, in, in that scenario, scenario that the two losses trumps the champion. I think so. Well, you're right. I mean, they'd have cover if that was the way they decided to go, Georgia and Tennessee. But they'd also have cover if they went LSU and Georgia. Because how do yeah, you keep because Tennessee the SEC champion? Right. Tennessee didn't beat Georgia. LSU did. And Tennessee didn't even play in its championship game. So it would be kind of like the TWSAA does, right? Once you pick that first one, then you go back to head-to-head. And if you're going to go conference champion, then it's LSU and Georgia and Tennessee's out in the Sugar Bowl. Of course, the way they played in the first half last week, I was I was tweeting that I was praying that they didn't get in the playoff, that they go 11-1 and one and get, get in the Sugar Bowl because I thought it was like, goodness gracious, they played terrible. And then next thing you know, they figured it out. And mm. Yeah, know. they figured it out to the, to the tune of 38 straight points. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I don't. Think I saw somewhere be... that 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 performance by Missouri's defense dropped them from 13th in the country to 34th. See, and then and then people will look at it and be like, "Well, Tennessee's they played the 34th best t- defense. No, no, they played no, the 13th, they played best, the 13th defense. best defense. They, <laughs> they made, made them the 34th <laughs> best defense. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Goodness. <laughs> Uh, it's, it, and and so you know that this ranking here is is by the way UCF going just one spot above Tulane and I love the the Florida State moving to nineteen ahead of UCF mm-hmm. by the way that's trolling if I've ever seen it <laughs> um <laughs> I mean seriously you dude you know right now if this were a twelve team playoff UCF would be in the playoff. And are they the best group of five? They're the top ranked group of five team. So, so, so if this was a 12 team playoff, UCF would be the best group of five. They would be in and Oregon would be out then. Correct. And, and if, and, and, you know, we've always talked about, you know, they would manipulate that poll in some ways mm-hmm. to get certain teams in and mm-hmm. that's fine. But, <clears throat> but I think it would probably stay pretty well just like it is. And you'd have Tennessee playing UCF unless they did the, unless they made UCF the home, a home team and put them at eight. Um, but yeah, you'd have Tennessee playing UCF. And LSU, Penn State, which would be fun to watch, by the way. Uh, I don't think USC and Utah would play. I think it would probably be USC and Clemson or Alabama. Mm -hmm. And then Utah would play either Clemson or Alabama, whichever one it would be. And then I'd be fine with that. Of course, you know, again, Michigan, Ohio State, not going to stay the same. So, right. right. You got, you got to hope that Michigan loses that game. I think. Talk me through that. Well, just because one Ohio State has kind of the I feel like Ohio State's gonna get more benefit of the doubt than Michigan based off of mm. one last year's performance in the in, in the college football playoff. But just they have the Heisman Trophy finalist or Heisman Trophy favorite mm-hmm. at quarterback at you know that sort of thing. Right. Uh 
and here's the thing, you know, if Ohio State were to lose, I think people would start saying, well, they did beat Notre Dame, blah, blah. You know, they, they would start trying to pump finagle. Notre Dame up and, and pump up the few decent wins that they do have. Right. Michigan yeah. has none. Right. Although right. UConn is starting to look really good. The 55 nothing win over UConn nowadays <laughs> – it's actually a decent win. Go figure. over, over, over bowl eligible. UConn. That's right. How about you, Jim Moore Jr.? How about so. that? <laughs> you know, you know, we've got a um, we've got a local kid up there. Lee Mollett from um Ravenwood is a mm. freshman up there. I'm not sure um if he's playing or how much he's playing, but yeah, we and and a lot of us were kind of like UConn. Hey, yeah, proud of, proud of the Huskies, man. Proud of what Absolutely. they've done. But other than that, Hawaii, uh, Colorado State, they basically played, you know, nobody. Their their non-conference schedule is horrid. <laughs> but at least Ohio State has Notre Dame. So, of course, you barely beat them. And then they... Subsequently lost to Marshall. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> there you go. No. Uh, anyway, but yeah, I, I, this is a, this is a, a, it's always a lot of fun to talk about. Again, it's going to work itself out, I think, but I definitely think, you know, I think you, I think USC is the team that Tennessee really needs to root against. Mm-hmm. So. And, and, and root against LSU in the SEC championship game. Yeah. You know, I, I tweeted that. I said, boy, if LSU wins an SEC championship game that it's not supposed to win and keeps Tennessee from a chance at a natty, I'm 2001 all over again. Rohan Davey, anybody? Mm. Are you kidding me? I would be absolutely livid. You would not be by yourself. Like I hate you, LSU. I hope you, I hope you yeah. fall off into the Atlantic Ocean or something, or to the Gulf of Mexico. The Gulf of Mexico. Not, this ain't cool, man. How? You, why are you gonna keep doing this like that? <laughs> that would be um, nuts. All right. Well, let's take a short break here. We've uh, we got some Titans news on the other side of it. Some semi breaking news and a couple local sports topics to get to before we get to Heather Williams. So y'all stick around here on main street sports today presented by mid Tennessee bond joint back after this. This holiday season, the largest lantern event in the country returns to Nashville zoo. After sunset, come see more than 1000 Chinese lanterns. All new designs, including mythical beasts, a fantastical North Pole village, even a dragon soaring over your head. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in. This is Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. A uh, couple of local things I want to get to, Mo. The, the Titans have 
presented uh, a, a Metro Nashville Council Committee with essentially what a renovation would look like. And after looking at the renovation, you can see how it went from 300 to 300 million to 1.2 billion or whatever it was going to be. Because hmm. it certainly did look like a much different facility. Now, I think there's a lot of things that go into that. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, the Titans, though, is is this stadium – I mean, it, it doesn't feel like it's a done deal right now. No, I don't think it's a done deal at all. I, uh, I think that met, this Metro Council is is really struggling with it. Well, I think the Metro Council is struggling with it because there's a lot of public pushback on it. And um, I, I just think there's a lot of public pushback on it. And, I, and, and so I, I don't know that some members of the council want to really have their name on this. So right, wrong, or otherwise. Sure, sure. Now, John Stife of Center Square, he was tweeting yesterday about, he said, you know, what other first-class comparable facilities have songwriter cafes? None. <laughs> I get it. Look, I, I'm not saying that that a $1.2, $1.8 billion renovation is absolutely necessary, for Nissan Stadium. But I also don't think that anybody <laughs> is really thinking about this long term in that, you know, when the Titans have to, or I'm sorry, when the city has to pay for every leak and every concrete uh, crack. crack. Mm -hmm. um, you remember, you remember the, uh, the girls like football championships. I mean, there were parts of the stadium that were roped off. Actually, I was not there for that. I was. Oh, you didn't. Uh, you didn't make the championship. Okay, I'm sorry. No, well, I, I, no, I was in New Orleans. That's right. That's yeah, right. You were there. I uh, was there for the first two games or so, and then somebody else covered after that. But, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, they had places roped off around the entire facility fixing concrete on the steps and i mean anyway it's it's just interesting and frustrating to me and i i, I want to throw a shout out to the tennessee lookout because jamie mcgee wrote the best and most comprehensive story on this situation today and they they posted it not too long ago so mm -hmm go follow at T and look at it. So it, it is by far the best story that I've seen so far. Well, and shout out to friend and Holly McCall, who runs a shop over there at Tennessee lookout. So no, absolutely. Now it's the most unbiased report I've seen. I almost everybody that I have seen right on this. It's pretty noticeable mm -hmm. that they are against the stadium. And I, unabashedly for the stadium <laughs> don't want to write a story because I mean, it's pretty obvious that I'm for it, but 
everybody keeps going back to this J.C. Bradbury guy who did the Truest Park SunTrust Economic Impact Study from Kennesaw State. A study in which Smith College economist Andrew Zimbalist completely dismantled. <laughs> and nobody's talking to Zimbalist. <laughs> Not a single story out there has talked to Andrew Zimbalist. And, you know, it also, none of these stories incorporate the economic impact of the Super Bowl that we would probably get two of between now and the end of the current lease, 2039. The final four we've talked about it on the show, college football playoff is a pretty much an automatic. We've, we've got the interviews to prove it. I mean, it's, it's just frustrating because we're sitting here with so many, so many positive things that could happen, not to mention the enlargement of the downtown area to where people like you and I who don't want to go to the honky tonks on Broadway all the time can have a place to be downtown. Right. Can have a place to enjoy without having to worry about the ridiculousness going on on lower Broadway. None of that is being brought into consideration. It's just, it's frustrating. Yeah. But nonetheless, we'll get there. Speaking of getting there, before we um, get out of here, you've got an interesting note here in this segment. Yeah. Little Smyrna news. Yeah. Um, I'm going to let you go ahead and handle it. Yeah. That. Well, Arian Carter, who we've talked about a lot on this show and uh you know i guess we announced we 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 mentioned his commitment to the university of memphis earlier mm -hmm. uh, in this football season but let's just say he's gotten a little bit a uh, little bit more love recently <laughs> from from a lot of folks including some power five teams and i guess the aac wasn't going to be good enough for him because he has decommitted from the Tigers and is making a trip to the Plains this weekend to catch Auburn. The Plains, where he will discuss his playing future with interim coach Cadillac Williams. Well, I got a feeling Cadillac's going to be around. I don't know where he's He's not going to be the head coach, but I got a feeling he's going to be around. <laughs> um, that, that's but, yeah. a good point. But, and you I still... Mean, you still get the the impact, the the atmosphere, you know, what does the facilities look like and that sort of thing. But you're not going to get the full recruitment experience, no. Sure, because you don't know who your head coach is. And, I mean, I don't know that that necessarily keeps you from going to Auburn, but I would think it's got to be some sort of a concern. Now, are they going to have somebody hired in time for the December, the, in time for the December sign-in period? They better hope they do. They didn't last time. Cost them. So, and and I think that's one of the things that gets lost in the Brian Harson saga is that the dude missed basically at least half of a signing class. So, anyway. That he's going, he's going to Alabama, by the way, on December 10th. After the Iron Bow. Yes. Not for the Iron Bowl. He was going to go to the Iron Bowl, but he's decided to take a trip uh, to Auburn this weekend instead of Michigan, and then going to 
Alabama on December 10th. He realized it's cold in Michigan this time of year. Man, take that trip in September if you can. I am mad at him. Yep. Um, early signing period is from December 21st to December 23rd. Yeah. They need, they better have somebody by then, for sure. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Well, let's take another break here, Mo. Uh, mm-hmm. Heather Williams standing by. We've got some local news of note to get to with her. So sure. you guys stick around. Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond & Joint back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931 388 5731 and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton here with you on this wild and wacky Wednesday, getting you ready for the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. But and before Florida. we do that, in Florida, that's right. And uh, before we do that, though, we are joined, as we always are, by Heather Williams here on our wild and wacky Wednesday. Heather, thanks for coming on. What's going on? Oh, uh, you know, it's getting cold which is the time of the year that I hate a lot. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, just trying to stay warm. It's about, about it in my life. I would think you would kind of be used to this being from Kansas and having been at some of the places that you've been or from yeah, the Kansas City I, area. Uh, that's, that's why, why you're I, from those areas. Yeah, huh? That's why I don't live there now. That's why you're I from not, there and you don't live yeah. there. I, I got when I, it. When I, I talked to my mom earlier this week, they were talking about snow. I think it snowed there yesterday. So, 
Yeah, no, no, thank you. Could be worse. Could be in Buffalo for the Browns game. Oh no, for, for for a number of reasons, <laughs> I would not be in Buffalo. <laughs> oh man, Heather. Um, you may or may not know, Chris hasn't been with us for the last few days. Um, for the birth of baby Yao number two, but Woo! while, but but, but while he was out. A little NASCAR news um, off the track. Um, former Nashville Super Speedway president Eric Moses has been named executive director and CEO of the Fiesta Bowl. And I feel like you probably knew that. But what do you what do you think of that move for him? And how do you feel like that impacts Nashville Super Speedway? Well, I'm not surprised that it happened um, just because uh, he, you know, Speedway Motorsports bought the track um, a year ago and he doesn't work for Speedway Motorsports. And I'm sure it, I mean, I'm sure it was completely, uh, you know, no hard feelings or anything, but generally, you know, when you get bought out <laughs> by another company, they like to bring their own folks in. Um, I really enjoyed working him with him the one time I covered the race out there. Um and I'm glad to see that he got, you know, another outstanding job. I mean, he's good at what he does, so that doesn't surprise me at all. But um, when when Speedway Motorsports bought the track, you kind of saw the writing on the wall. They like to have their their own people um, in place because um, they have a very specific way of doing things and running races. So uh, not surprised, but but happy for him that he's uh, he's got a uh, another fun adventure to go out on. Certainly seems like it will be, and it certainly seems like it kind of fits. Um, he was at one point with the military bow and was also with the XFL's what DC Defenders, Chris. I, I know you have the, the XFL background down pat. I think that's right. XFL is on the uh, yeah, the XFL is on the backside of my minor league carriers. <laughs> But his background definitely is in football. So, I mean, it was probably not a tough sell for him uh, when he was uh, going out. But I don't know if they pursued him or he pursued them. But um, obviously, that's what he's very good at. Um, it was really – I thought it was really cool to have him in the NASCAR world because he did bring a different perspective and brought a lot of great things to Nashville because of his perspective in other um, motors and other types of sports. Anytime that someone comes in from a different league, I think that's great for the sport because um, – Every league has things that they do well, and every league has things that they don't do so well. Um, and that expertise is important uh, when you're jumping around between leagues, for sure. I thought it was interesting just because, you know, it's the Fiesta Bowl and it's a college football semifinal, and it's likely that Tennessee could end up there. I hope he's got some pull. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, based on what I saw Saturday against Missouri, I'm not sure that Tennessee's going to need much help. Because somebody between someone between Ohio State and Michigan is going to lose. You just gotta hope USC does. That's all I'm saying. Gosh, if USC jumps them, I just I just don't see that happening. Given yeah. the given the deference that the playoff has to SEC teams, um, especially one that's playing as well as Tennessee, I I don't see any way. I really don't see any way how Tennessee's not in the playoff unless they lose again. Like if South Carolina beats them this weekend, then then they've done that to themselves. But um, <laughs> otherwise, I, otherwise, yeah. I don't I don't see how they don't get in the playoffs. I really I really just don't see it happening. And they don't have to play that extra game, so it works out really well for them. Right? They got that LSU a few years back when they when they uh, <laughs> missed it. They came back and won the national championship. They got that schedule going on. 
Yeah, one one less exposure, right. I guess. Yeah, one, Heather one Williams of W. Well, Heather Williams of WCYB TV in Bristol joining us here on Main Street Sports today, as she typically does on Wednesday. Um, Heather, other than the Eric Moses news, what's well, what's the, going on? The most the oh. most surprising news in the history of NASCAR come out today. Uh oh, yeah, today or yesterday? Was or it, both. What, was it yesterday? Because I've got I'm looking at like stories from a oh, couple hours the, ago uh, that the, that Ty Gibbs is going to be driving yeah, a JGR car. Yeah, that, that okay, well, came, still, the release came out yesterday, but I know you were a little busy yesterday, so I'm not going to yeah. hold that against you. Um, yeah, the, there were two seats actually that were filled this week. Uh, the Ty Gibbs one that you alluded to, they are going to change the number from 18 to 54. Gibbs is uh, saying they will eventually bring back the 18 number. I haven't heard this for sure, but I think I think what will eventually happen is I think the 11 might go to 2311 and then they'll bring the, the 18 back uh, to Gibbs Racing. That's just my personal theory on what's going to happen there. But next season, uh, Ty will drive the 54 in the Cup Series. And then today's news um, is that Ryan Priest is going to go in the 41 car, which is also not that big of a surprise or a secret that's been talked about for a while. And... Um, Cole Custer will go back to the Xfinity Series and uh, Stuart Haas will expand to a two-car Xfinity Series team with Cole Custer and Riley Herbst, who drove in the Xfinity Series for them last year. Yeah, I mean, the, the Ty Gibbs <laughs> Ty Gibbs news was about as about as surprising as, you know. <laughs> you know, it, I think, I, I, I honestly do think that they probably, especially the way the end of the year went, they probably waited this long because I think they did probably explore other options. Um, but when you look at the Toyota driver development pipeline, it's not super deep right now. Nope. And I mean, I think that they, they, I think they probably looked at John Hunter, who they're going to put in the, in one of their Xfinity cars last year. Uh, next year and but then beyond that they don't really have anyone in that pipeline um they've got some super young kids that need some need some seasoning before they're ready to come up so you know when they lost uh Kyle Busch Motorsports to uh to Chevy with Kyle moving they also lost that pipeline of drivers so I don't think that there was a better option but I do think that they when when Ty had his struggles at the end of the year. I think they did look to see what options were out there, but clearly just based on talent and experience and the fact that he won the championship. Yeah, he just won a championship. What are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, you, 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 but you, you got, I mean, they just, they didn't have a lot of choices. They had, the, the, he was the best available. He was the best available. You talk about like in the NFL draft, best available. He was the best available. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter who what his last name is. He was the best available, and and that's again, that's part of why it's really not that surprising. I mean, yeah, it, no, it would it it would have been a stretch if he you know consistently finished twenty fourth in the Xfinity. <laughs> But right. Well, he doesn't. I mean, good. one of the things that I heard that they did kick around because, you know, Martin Truex Jr. is retiring at the end of the next year is they did kick around trying to go ahead and find whoever was going to replace Martin anyway, uh, whether it was John Hunter Nemechek or um, or maybe Trevor Bain, who drove for them in the Xfinity series and put them possibly in the 18 car and then hold tie back another year. But I think when they looked at those options, I don't feel like they thought that any of them were as good as as going ahead and jump starting. Um, Ty's career and putting him in, in the, which is now the 54 car this season. Absolutely. Uh, before we let you out of here, Heather, um, you know, obviously 
high school football season is is coming to a close, but uh, you got you got a couple of great football teams out your way who are still tooling around and trying to make their way down to to Chattanooga. What what are are you going to be covering any games, or are you going to be in studio this weekend? How, how does that work for you? So I will be in studio this weekend. We have three teams still alive on the Tennessee side, um, an undefeated Greenville team, which is going to play in what I think is, at least for our area, the best uh, matchup of the weekend, one of the best matches of the weekend across the state. They'll play at unbeaten Anderson County. Um, Anderson County has to hate this part of the state because um, one of the schools from our area has represented uh, Class 4A in the state championship each of the last five seasons, and it's either been Greenville or um, Elizabethan, and that's who's ended Anderson County's season. So um, I know that they are going to be fired up to try to get past that East Tennessee, Upper East Tennessee hump and get to uh, get to uh, the next round of the playoffs. I think that's going to be a great matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, Greenville is a little bit dinged up. Their top running back and one other starter did not play last week didn't matter last week's game, but it might matter this week. They need to get healthy. Um, and then we also have undefeated uh, Daniel Boone. They have a much tougher test <laughs> against West. Um, Daniel Boone makes their living on defense, and they are an incredible defensive team. They also have one of the best kickers in the nation, a kid named Ben Shrewsbury, who on back-to-back weeks broke the TWSAA record for uh, field goal length in a playoff game. Uh, in the opening mm-hmm. round, he hit a 54-yarder, and then in the second round, he hit a 55-yarder. In practice, he routinely makes them from 60-plus. Um, I think he's currently ranked the number 11 kicker in the country, um, and he's just a junior. Uh, and that's that's ba- probably their biggest asset and weapon because he's also a really good punter. His punter is actually probably stronger than his, than his place kicking. But they make their they make their they make their money on defense. They score a lot of points on defense and special teams. And um, that's really where their talent is. They did lose their starting quarterback last week who uh, had an ACL or MCL injury. So he will not play this week. So that's going to hurt them as well as if going up against West was hard enough. <laughs> right. Um, and then the final team that we have playing this week is Science Hill. They also have a tough test because they have to go to Maribel. And I think that's really all I have to say about that. Um, they played Maribel earlier in the year. They lost to them. They do think the fact that they played them this year does give them a little bit of an advantage because they have seen them and they do realize they're not the boogeyman. They have lost three times this year in Maryville, so they are beatable. Um, and Science Hill's good. They're, they've got a running back named Tyler Moon who had six touchdowns in the playoff uh, second round last week. Um, they really are control the ball. Their offensive line is outstanding, and that's really where they make their money is on the ground. Um, I think it'll be a pretty good game. It's as good a chance as they're ever going to have to get Maribel, but I mean, it is still Maribel. So <laughs> I know that you can get too excited about it. There's that. I'm looking forward to that Greenville Anderson County. I think it is one of the top three or four best games in the state. If not the top, I think obviously Fayetteville McKenzie looks really good. Science Hill, Maribel, uh, Beach Cane Ridge and Spring mm-hmm. Springfield Henry County are probably four of the top five and maybe Paige Nolensville rounding it out, but it's going to be a good week. It's once you get to the quarterfinals, it's always really good football and looking forward to it. We will, uh, we'll be keeping an eye on it. And if you want to follow Heather at WCYB underscore Heather on Twitter, appreciate you. And we will see you next week. Sounds good. Always fun to stop by guys. Thanks.
We'll take a short break. When we come back, it is Wild and Wacky Wednesday, the weirdest and wildest news from across the world coming your way right after this. Main Street Sports Today. This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad, I couldn't work for almost a year. I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year. At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in. It is Wild and Wacky Wednesday here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yow. He's Mo Patton, and we've got just a few minutes left to get into it. And we are going to get into it. There's no question there. Uh, it's a it's been a good show. Glad to be back. We've got uh, got a, a great show uh, for the rest of the week. Obviously tomorrow the Titans do play, uh, so we'll we'll try to hop into to a little Titans talk as they take on. Green Bay in a very, very cold matchup, I'm sure. No and doubt. A, um, uh, we need to mention. It's even um, colder at your house, Mo. Uh, well, it won't be too cold tomorrow night, but um, because Jody will be up there. I'm, yeah. I'm sure she'll be. I'm sure she'll be talking trash via tweet if her <laughs> phone gets out of there or text rather. But um, <laughs> interesting as as Justin brought us up to speed earlier in the show. Um. Josh Lambeau has been activated. Um, Kicker Josh Lambeau, who was brought in earlier this week in light of Randy Bullock's calf injury, he's been activated apparently. Chris Conley has been waived, so Lambeau will be kicking at – yeah, exactly. Lambeau will be kicking at Lambeau. That's – I'll take that. That's a good one. Well done. We'll see how that goes. We will, in fact. Now it is time for the weirdest and wildest news from across the world, and we start across the world in China, where, let's just be honest, the folks who have the 26.2 stickers, they're they're a different breed. (laughs) All right? (laughs) They're a different breed. Look, I've seen... Uh, my favorite sticker is the one that says zero point zero, but good for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's the one I need. <laughs> good for you. Uh, well, the I can't pronounce it. Xinjiang Marathon in China uh, last <laughs> week saw Uncle Chin finish the race in just under three and a half hours, which was good enough for five hundred and seventy fourth place out of about 1500 which means that uncle chin beat about a thousand people in this race um and that's not the weird part the weird part he's 50 years old that's pretty good that's not the weird part either 
Still not the weird part. No, the weird part is that he chain smoked his entire way through the marathon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just lighting them up, boy. He he was number one in the smoking category. <laughs> one of one. This is absolutely insane. I mean, this picture of him was just, he's just got like a Marlboro hanging out of his mouth. It's like, like he's a shade tree mechanic or something. (laughs) Well, there's your problem right there. (laughs) You ain't got no cigarette. You'd have finished 573rd if you would have. Yeah, man, it's your doodad. (laughs) You need a new one. Oh God, that blew my mind. I'm just looking at this picture like I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah, that was nuts. That was nuts. Yeah. Well, we make our way back to stateside, and of course, mm. we got to go to Florida, right? Where else would we go? I, exactly. Miami-Dade State Attorney Catherine Fernandez-Rundle announced a mix of theft, fraud, and money laundering charges on Tuesday against current HOA President Monica Isabel Gallardi, 52, board member Miriam Arango Rogers, 76, former board member Yoletis Lopez Lopez Garcia, 47, and former President um, Margul Gallego, 41, and accused two companies that were paid at least $1.26 million in HOA funds. To do what? They stole $2 million of residents' money from uh, through their HOA. What were they supposed to be doing with it? Hey, that's a great question. I'm not sure. Apparently, they were writing checks in some cases for hundreds of thousands of dollars to vendors for services that weren't actually being provided. The vendors would then return the laundered money after keeping a portion for themselves. <laughs> you know, those folks that say, I'm going to send you a check for 500. You keep a hundred and send me back 400. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it. This is, that's where we're at. <laughs> this one wasn't a scam though, at least on the vendors part, it was definitely a scam for the HOA members. Yeah. Uh, apparently the residents have been fighting for years to get rid of Gallego and the board members who support her. Uh, residents tried to oust the board in January election when hundreds of voters standing in line were not allowed to vote because of a fake phoned in bomb threat. <laughs> and, that's right. and so in July, they did a recall election and the board threw out two thirds of the ballots. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Dang. That's. Listen, uh, that's insane. not even that that takes shady to another level, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> the fact that their HOA has an annual budget of about three point seven million is insane. Yeah. Yeah. This this spring, the board adopted a budget of more than ten million dollars, according to the court documents. The new budget meant residents face monthly maintenance and service fees up to an uh, increase of up to four hundred percent. This mm. is impressive. I it mean, really is. You got to give them credit for trying. The, the, I mean. the level of audacity <laughs> is just outstanding. I mean, I I'm, I applaud them as they go get fitted for their orange jumpsuits. I mean, yeah, it's it's not going to be good. I, I don't think. I but, don't yeah. think. I don't. I don't know how it can be. <laughs> Oh, man. You know, Mo, we've talked about the public subs on here. You've still not gotten a public sub, I assume. 
I have not gotten a public sub. I will try to remedy that while Jody's out of town. Well, if I, I mean, ever, I got to eat something, right? If you ever just want to, you know, if you want to up the ante, mm-hmm. just going down to Boca Raton where now you can enjoy a pint or glass of wine while grocery shopping and waiting on your public sub. You know, I just don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> Look, they say don't go to don't go to the grocery store hungry, right? Well, if you are hungry when you get there, just start drinking. Yeah. That's gonna that's not gonna compound the problem at all. No, no, that's that's not gonna make things any worse, is it? <laughs> I do love a pub sub though. It's, I'm telling you, it's the best sub sandwich you're gonna get. But it, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I just need to be uh, can, can we can we not start drinking while we're at the grocery? Oh, I, I think, well, when I saw that, my initial thought was, you know, people working in the service industry are dealing with enough as it is. Now you're going to now you're going to let them deal with drunk customers. No, thank you. That's brutal. That's that's just not nice. It's just it's not just nice. not. Uh, no, it's really it's really not. I mean, that's that's tough, man. And that is the weirdest and wildest news from across the world on Wild and Wacky Wednesday, Mo. Chris, before we duck out, um, I know we're coming up on the end of the show, but I do want to reiterate, we we had Jamie Holland of the Fans, the Metro Nashville Public Schools nonprofit organization on earlier to discuss their fundraising efforts to that have been jump-started by the Tennessee Titans and Mayor John Cooper's office um, trying to get artificial turf fields for every football playing high school in Metro Nashville. And if you are of a mind organization, go to wearethefans.org and find out how to, to go about that. I mean, they are, they are trying to get artificial turf on 15 fields over, you know, the next three to five years. And there's an article on the website at mainstreetpreps.com that'll, tell you more about what's going on there the announcement that was made today and obviously this is this is this is a good thing so check that out yes or you can text home field one word to 615-488-4670 that's going to do it for today's show we appreciate you guys hanging out with us you can follow us at ms underscore sports today for mo Patton, i'm chris yeah justin kulik in where at the omni at the omni Omni. appreciate you guys hanging out with us we'll be back tomorrow same bat time same bat channel two o'clock two to three thirty right here on main street media tv